This, this gospel I find very, very intriguing. John has doubts. And it's, it's an awkward gospel because John is, he is nobody greater in the Old Testament than John. And yet, and yet Jesus is not meeting his expectations. Jesus is exceeding his expectations, but he's outside the box, even for John. And John has to get adjusted to the reality of the one he proclaimed because he could not see. He had to grow. And John is going to be assigned to everyone by what he's suffering. John has to come to an understanding, and so do we, because we often find ourselves in prison like John does and wondering where God is. I had an interesting experience this week. I, whenever I have to write something, like my column or, or anything else uh, for the parish, I always go to my house because it's, there's not as many interruptions. You know, you have one, When I get on a train of thought, I want to be able to finish it. And I was on a roll. I was really into something. I was on the computer and writing something for the parish. And I'm, I'm in the middle of a sentence, and the computer starts to flicker. I've got a nice computer. What do you think it was doing? It was shutting itself off. Why was it doing that? Somebody said, I didn't pay my electric bill last night. Uh, it was doing an update. It was Tuesday. Anybody know what this means? Tuesday updates. I, I had selected, let me install these. You know, It's like, when I want you to shut off, I will tell you. And I'm right in the middle of a sentence, and it, somehow I, the box got unchecked or whatever. And suddenly, it's shutting itself down. I'm in the middle of a thought, and the computer's going down. I don't know, something like 32 updates or something. You know, it, And it's, first, it's, it's, it's downloading. Then it's installing. Then it's rebooting. I've got a long reboot time. 20 minutes went by. In the middle of a sentence, what do you think I said? <laughs> this parish knows me pretty well. I'll give you a hit. It wasn't rejoice in the Lord always. But I came to understand that I came to understand I needed to change the settings on my computer, which I did. But that, first of all, that's in the scheme of things, that's nothing. It's one of those moments when you learn about yourself and everything was fine, but my expectations were off. I expected when I sat down to write at home that I'd be able to finish. I expected my computer to work. I expected God to come to my assistance because I was doing his work. And none of those things occurred. Instead, right in the middle of a great thought, God says, you're done. That's the way I saw it. Not Microsoft, not my computer. God said, you're done. And I'm sitting in prison for 20 minutes saying, are you the Christ or should we look for someone else? <laughs> Sorry. But to me, this gospel is very real. I've been in that prison many times. I expect many of you have been too. This gospel is not something from 2,000 years ago. Jesus still acts this way. John, this is a really interesting, interesting gospel. John the Baptist is a really edgy preacher. He never saw a sin he didn't call out. He's very fire and brimstone, very apocalyptic. Remember last week, he sees the Pharisees coming. You brood of vipers. What if the bishop's conference came here and I said, you brood of vipers? Well, that would be the end of my priesthood active. Um, Jesus comes along, 
and he sees a sinner and he goes to dinner with him. You see the difference? It's so different, his approach. It's kind of like, you know, we, we had uh, Benedict XVI, now we've got Pope Francis. They're so different in how they approach things. And yet they're both, they're both popes, they're both Catholic. But they see things a little differently. And this is the way John is versus Jesus. And John's having trouble getting adjusted to Jesus' preaching. He's not as edgy as John is. He's not as apocalyptic. And most of all, John is in prison. John has called out Herod, Herod Antipas. You got Herod the Tetrarch, Herod Antipas. It confuses people. There were two Herods. And Herod of the North in Galilee was appointed by the Romans. He was Jewish. He's supposed to be a moral leader. This is a theocracy. And what does he go and do? He goes to Rome to visit his brother. He seduces his brother's wife, hauls her back on the boat, taking her from his brother, gets rid of his own wife, and puts this, his brother's wife in her place. This is the woman that later will call for John the Baptist's head because he told them that it was wrong. So Herod responded by putting, he took care of the problem by putting John in prison. And this is what we often do with prophets in our lives. We find a way to cut them off. Oh, who do you think you are and this kind of thing. This is what happens to John. He's sitting in prison. Jesus is going around doing all these things. And his, his disciples are hanging around outside the prison. It's probably a prison with the windows up here. You know, you've got to climb up to look out. He's right out there in the same place where he was freely preaching. If only he hadn't called the king out to task, someone else would have got him. But he's there. And finally, John the Baptist, hearing in prison the works of Christ, sends the disciples out and says, are you the one who is to come? Or is there somebody else? He's troubled. And he's troubled because one of the things that the Messiah is supposed to do, which is not quoted, that Jesus does not say, to set prisoners free. And he quotes that in Nazareth when he comes back to preach. John is in prison and Jesus is not setting him free. In fact, there's no evidence he even visited John in prison. So John is wondering. It's, it's an odd way to end. For the, He did say he must increase and I must decrease. Perhaps this is not what he was thinking. But all prophets in the Old Testament ended the same way. What is Jesus' response to this? He says, go and look at what I'm doing. The blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the dead are raised. He doesn't say he's going to set prisoners free. John is not going to be set free. Jesus is a different Messiah than John is expecting. He's outside the box. This is what... This is what God will do over and over in our lives. We think we've kind of got it figured out. We're in a groove. We're, we're, in, the, we're in, the, in the middle of something. And God takes us outside the box. Because God is greater than any limitation that we put on him. He's going to keep opening us to further experiences, further growth. Because only here can it occur. John's final role is to suffer for the truth, for what he said, and it's going to include prison and martyrdom. But Jesus' answer is he is going to go through the same thing in less than three years.
a voluntary imprisonment and a martyrdom. John is the final witness of John as he's going to imitate the Lord's death for the faith. That's Jesus' answer. There is a purpose to John's suffering. And in our lives, Jesus calls us to look. He would say to us, so many times we're in a place where God is not meeting our expectations. He's actually exceeding them. I'm, as anybody who works here knows, I've been very upset about the road. I thought it should be open by now. Um, I'm going to call them Monday again, because now the weather's better. It's been too cold to put a to put a road in. But God is, we expect things, and God has another plan in mind. We are in Advent, the season of waiting. Do you see a parable in the road? Those of you suffering in the, in the line, that won't happen much longer, and it will never happen again. Did I, was I willing to wait during Advent? Maybe that's the great lesson that we're all learning, waiting a little to get in and get out. Maybe it's a voluntary way that God is saying, slow down your life for a moment. Where are you going? Actually, Lord, nowhere very fast. <laughs> that's the point. We slow down our lives. I wasn't going to go to the parade last night. I, I always, I, I'm kind of bah humbug this year. But I went out. I know there's some people in it that I wanted to see. But, uh, but you know, I, I did go out there anyway, and I had a good time. And God exceeded my expectations. I wasn't expecting it. This is the way life is. We never, God never stops challenging us. We find ourselves in prison like John the Baptist, so to speak. Sometimes it's a voluntary one. And occasionally word will get to us. God is acting. God is acting. And he's, he has a purpose for our lives. John the Baptist is still a sign for us. His preaching did not last very long, maybe 15 months. But see how he speaks to us even in prison, even today. Even he had doubts. And the disciples had doubts. Uh, it's part of our spiritual growth. God, we had fog on Friday, at least where I was. And, uh, you know, God gets out in front of us, just a little ahead of us where we can't see him. Are you really still there, Lord? I can't see anything. It's so foggy. And then you get a little closer, and there's the taillights. He's right there. You pull back. You can't see him again. I doubt that you're there, Lord. Maybe you were never there. I can't see you. I turn the lights on. It gets worse. That's part of our spiritual growth, too. So we pray on this Sunday dedicated to rejoicing. If we knew God's plan now, we would rejoice in everything that happens in our lives. We don't know it because we can't see it. We've got the walls around us. That's what faith is all about. He won't let us see yet. But we rejoice, finally, that the Lord says, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So we, too, have a great plan for our lives, and God is not slow in answering our prayers.